I was upset. I didn't think I had what it takes. It took a while to admit anything was wrong. Diet and exercise sounded intimidating. But small, easy goals made it easy to start. Every situation is different. There are many paths to victory, but the end goal is all the same. This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Weight Loss Podcast. I'm Courtney. And I am Matt. And this week, our topic is blocking out the noise. Blocking out the noise. Yes. Blocking out the noise. What do we mean by that? Well, anyone that has tried to lose weight or get in shape for any amount of time, be it a week, a month, a year, multiple years, will have learned by now that it's a very noisy industry, health and fitness, weight loss, etc. There's a lot of conflicting information. There's certainly a lot of information on the internet. All one has to do is basically put in a Google search weight loss, and you're going to get thousands upon thousands of articles, links, etc., products that mm. will get you over the line. And the hard, hardest part, Courtney, really is that a lot of it sounds convincing. Oh, absolutely. A lot of it sounds accurate whilst being conflicting with the other convincing, accurate things you may have heard. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of it's science-based or scientifically Mm. proven. These are the sort of labels they like to put on these sort of things to make them sound even more convincing. Well, it's about getting the dollar, isn't it? About making a sale and it's whatever's going to be the most appealing to the audience is going to get them to fork over their money. And you start to think on the topic of money, Courtney, how much money do people tend to spend on, you look at it, diets, Diet books, diet programs, oh, training programs, gym memberships, personal trainers, oh, coaches. It's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's massive. I mean, I billions have, of dollars. We don't have the figure in front of us, but it, yeah, it, 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 it's, a, it's an unbelievably massive, massive industry. And I think you hit the nail on the head with something you said just before, which is if you Google it, the amount of, of, responses that come up from Googling weight loss or how to lose weight, how to lose weight. It's just unbelievable. And I think you made a really good point with, which is the internet has just catapulted this industry in a good and bad way, in a good and bad way, uh, to the extreme, really. I mean, back, back before internet, you really relied on a lot of print media and only that went so far as well. Or any local experts, you may have met the uh, the gym instructor. That's, well, that's how I it. that's how I started to learn through my gym instructor because I trusted him. This was um, I was the internet was around back then, but obviously not like it is now. Social media outside of MySpace didn't exist. <laughs> but I wonder who remembers MySpace. I remember MySpace. I actually <laughs> never had a MySpace account. I didn't either. I resisted social media for a while, but a different topic. So we're we're talking about an industry that is basically filled with noise that can come in. Well, different forms. Mm. It can be what we're seeing on Facebook, so social media, what we're seeing on Instagram, what we even watch on YouTube, even us. Uh, you know, to be fair, we are part of the noise. We are. We are. And I think it's not just uh, the noise in the industry we're talking about. It's not just products or exercise programs. People. They are in there as well. It's also people. 
I, the professionals many, that we pay. Yeah. How many people as well do you follow on Instagram who put out there they look a particular way and a lot of it is misrepresented and they don't actually look like that most of the time. Can you, Courtney, elaborate on this misrepresentation? Of people. Because you're on Instagram a lot. I'm on Instagram a lot. I don't know if uh, you listening are on Instagram or or a big fan of Instagram. I think it's getting bigger and bigger in Australia. Yeah, it is. Facebook is obviously still the biggest, uh, but uh, a lot of people are now switching over to Instagram. I know it's very big overseas as well. So a lot of people are switching over to Instagram and it's and it's very big because it's all re- about the picture. Whereas I think with Facebook, it's a lot about what you're saying as well as the picture. Whereas Instagram, it's really only about the picture. Words are powerful on Facebook where the image is king on Instagram. But can you, Courtney, just elaborate on what you mean by misrepresentation? Yeah, I think that... A lot of the people that I tend to follow and keep updated with on Instagram, you definitely see patterns in in the way they post in terms of the photos. You see when you when you scroll through someone who is influential on Instagram, they've got a lot of followers, you're scrolling through, you're seeing a a pattern in what in the pictures they're posting of themselves and they're all beautiful pictures. They're not posting any pictures where they've just woken up in the morning with no makeup on. They're not posting any pictures. No bed hair. No bed hair. They're not. They're not posting any photo of them maybe sitting down and and relaxing their tummy. They're only posting pictures of them standing, posing, making sure that they're flexed so they they've got the best shape possible. Good lighting. Good lighting. Lighting is a massive thing. Maybe a good filter. Filters on the photos, definitely. So these are all things that you see and it's not until you actually stop and look at their photos and really notice that. So that can be really misrepresenting themselves if that's all they're trying to put out there. I think, and then, and then you know, if you want to take it even a step further with Instagram and you've got the people that actually have, say that they've got, you know, 100,000 followers and they don't actually have 100,000 followers, they've paid for most of those followers. So they've <laughs> got, you know, there's there's these robot apps that you can, that you can get these bots that will like pages and things like that so you can pay for them. So, I mean, that's a whole nother down the line of people misrepresenting themselves on Instagram. But a lot of it in terms of just the visual comes from the misrepresenting the photos they're putting out there. They obviously are doing it for a reason. Either they're trying to sell something or they're trying to sell themselves. So you don't want to put bad photos out there if you're trying to sell yourself as looking a certain way. But it can be really hard for the rest of us looking at that thinking, oh, I don't look like that. Well, I don't look like that in the morning or why don't I have a waist that looks like that? But the thing is that you don't realise that I've seen even the, the skinniest of girls sit down and they and they have a little roll on their tummy. I think also the misrepresentation doesn't just come in terms of social media but in terms of well, realistic methods Oh, when it absolutely. comes to a methodology used to change someone's weight, change someone's shape and health. I think also misrepresentation in terms of people being led to believe to expect certain timeframes. So to me, I, I personally think any 14, 28-day program is immediately misleading. 
I would almost go as far as to say any 12-week program is misleading for the general population. Yes. To be fair, I have worked with people where in 12 weeks they've made a fantastic change, but they're already most of the way there. Yeah, that's right. So all we're doing is, is getting them that extra 10% at the end of the, of, the, of the journey, where the average person, like you and me, you know, you listening to this, most of us are starting from the beginning or we're early into it, and we've got a fair bit of work to do, and 12 weeks ain't going to do it. But it's you know the, the prevalence of, of 30-day, 12-week programs, etc., makes people think, oh, okay, so I've been unhealthy, and I've done very little to look after myself for the last 10 years. I should fix it in one to three months, <laughs> which is highly misleading because it's just false. It's a load of shit, but you can understand why people will you know buy into it because i have before you have before because when you are desperate to change common sense doesn't usually rule your decision making well that's right that's right and you hit the nail on the head i mean it is that these these people are feeding off desperation and that's what it is and that's what it really is we've been there and definitely definitely been there and no people that have been there i don't think anybody listening could say that they have ever not done this, not fallen for something like this, or not known someone that's fallen for something like this. Because, you know, when you are desperate, that's what you go for. And and the time factor is a big thing. I mean, they, they pick really it, it words or it phrases to, to suck you in for this. I mean, it's, it's perfect marketing. I think the most on-trend one at the moment is 28 days. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the biggest... It phrase is 28 days. Change your life in 28 days. Which is hilarious because... 28 days to abs. You know why I think it's the funniest? is Because how many months out there are 28 days? One. Exactly. Sometimes. Sometimes there's only one. So then you think to yourself, well, it's not one month. It's even less than a month is what they're they're saying. It's four weeks. So it's just it's just hilarious to me why they pick twenty eight days, and they obviously pick twenty eight days because it's a marketing ploy because it sounds good, and also because when you've got people that are desperate to change and they want it, and you then combine that with a general impatience in human nature, it's it can be hard to deny the appeal. So when you've got what are relatively short time frames, like if someone told me years and years ago, yeah, Matt, you could get what you want in 28 days. Like, okay, where do I sign up? That's right. How much does it cost? Here's my credit card. Let's go. Mm. Does it happen in 28 days? No. No. I know for me, it took quite a few lots of 28 days, you know, over two years worth of hard work. And it's still an ongoing process. It always will be. Yeah. You know, so I think, I think the desperation that's out there will help to, fill the pockets of people selling, you know, what are essentially quick fixes. And I think all that tends to do for people is make them more disillusioned, more confused, more frustrated, both with the industry and with themselves because they think it's a failing of themselves. Oh, I didn't get the body of my dreams in 28 days. I must have failed. That's right. Actually, to be fair, you were probably set up for failure from the outset because it's an unrealistic thing to do. Absolutely. And more and more of these are just going to continue to pop up. I mean, these these sort of things aren't going anywhere. The money that's involved with these with these schemes is unbelievable. The yep. the marketing the money that goes into the marketing that yeah. 
is is unbelievable because they know that they're going to get the return on that investment. So so these aren't going anywhere. They're no. going to continue to pop up, whether it's the same ones that are going to continue to keep going or they might some might drop off and then some someone else is going to step in and say, okay, I'll fill that gap. And the fact that they're not going anywhere is what has given us the inspiration to do this episode of the show because we can't sit here and say, oh, just write it out, you'll be fine. In 12 months' time, all these quick fixes and this confusion will go away. No, it's only going to get worse. As people make more and more money, more people want to get on this gravy train and make a couple of dollars out of it as well. So I ain't going nowhere. So the big reason that we're here doing this show for you now is to help you navigate through the confusion because I know I can say from my own experience, being there, done that, have been just as confused as everyone else. And once you, you know, come through the other side, you've got a bit of perspective and a bit of clarity that I think we can offer. Yeah, definitely. And I and I think I'll use probably my history as a bit of an example here is that I didn't do so many diets uh, growing up because I was very bad at sticking to them. I had every intention of doing them, but just didn't have the willpower to even really get started most of the time. I think my biggest misconception growing up was that if you ate less and exercised more, that was the way to lose weight. I was the same. Which I think is actually a very common misconception, maybe a little bit less common these days because I think there's been a really a lot of progress in that in terms of people putting it out there that they're building up their metabolism, they're eating more often they're exercising the right way and they're losing losing weight. They're not exercising quite with volume, more with focus, structure and intensity, but it still is an issue yeah. where you look at what we do, the people that we work with, Courtney, that will come to us saying, oh, I thought you had to exercise more and eat less. That's right. So I think we're starting to get there a little bit with that misconception, but I think it's a long way to go. still massive, massive problem. And I know that's what I grew up thinking. I grew up thinking that that was the only way to do it. So I would try to restrict my intake of food, which would not work very well for me because, as I said, I had very little willpower and I was uh, a lover of food, still am a lover of food. Yeah. So all I ever wanted to do was eat. So I would struggle. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. You are right, Matt. But all I ever wanted to do was eat. So I would struggle with that concept of working out more and eating less. And obviously it didn't work very well for me for very long because I continued to put on weight. Well, for me, uh, the issue wasn't so much exercise more and eating less because for me, I always ate to my appetite. So if I was getting more and more hungry, I'd just put some food in there. But to me, the noise that I fell for was the stereotype that surrounds exercise, being that you lift weights if you want to be a big, bulky bodybuilder. Mm. And if you want to want to burn some fat, you go and do cardio. So I was very hesitant to hit the weights room with any sort of you know intensity or or consistency, focusing more on just run, 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 mm. when now obviously down the track, you know, and you've done, gone through this yourself, Courtney, where you learn that actually weight training is the most effective way to lose weight full stop. Yeah, and the and, and, and the intense cardio side of things tends to be a great accessory for it. Yeah, absolutely. But that's, that is also a, a misconception that we deal with a lot with people that come to us. I think that, that one's still new. huge. It is massive where 
oh no, I don't want to put on weight. I shouldn't lift weights. I want to lose weight, so I should avoid the weights and just do cardio. Now, will that work? Yeah, it can. You may not like the body you get out of it, but it will help to lose some weight. But mm, would you rather would you rather be light on the scales or look fantastic with your clothes off? Yeah, absolutely. So that was my issue for quite quite a while. Where now, you know, with a bit of education behind me and experience, you know, you got an idea of what's what. But the amount of people out there that still operate under that that sort of a, a misconception, and it's not their own fault. It's just what what gets around that. A lot of people, a hell of a lot of people. Yeah, and I think saying it right now, and I think you listening might might be sit, sitting here listening to us speak, thinking, oh, that makes total sense, right? Mm. But I think as we both know, you and I, Matt, because we've been in that desperate situation, sort of all common sense tends to go out the window in yeah, those sort of times. So it's all, you know, I, I think as well, you never sort of beat yourself up ref- retrospectively thinking, why did I do that? Or why did I try that? Or why did I fall for that? Because that's that's what they that's what these very smart marketing people do. This is what they do for a living and they make a bloody lot of money doing it. So it it's just, yes, it's all well and good to sit back now and think, oh, why did I fall for that? But everyone, everyone has at some point because yep. when when you're desperate, common sense does tend to go out the window. And also on the subject of it affects everyone, uh, you know, I can speak firsthand that it does affect the professionals, the people that do this for a living. So, uh, you know, listening there yourself, I you may not know this, but I also work as a teacher to personal trainers. I am lucky enough to be able to train the trainers, so to speak. And from my own experience, and you know this too, Courtney, working with a lot of trainers, the noise of our industry isn't just limited to the, let's say, non-professionals. It is just as prevalent with the professional field as it is with the non-professional field. The amount of of trainers that, that we've known and we've seen that have hopped from product to product to product looking for the magic solution for th- that will get them rich mm. while getting their clients what they want it's 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 huge mm. it's it also is also very hard for us as professionals to keep our focus and you know if i can blow our trumpet just a little bit <laughs> i think one of the things Courtney that you and i have done well is keep the blinkers on stay focused on doing only you know one to two different things that actually work well for us and work well for our clients and we haven't deviated from that no. to go and do this next U-Boot certificate that no. will that will make us rich and get all our clients what they want in 28 days. No. No, and I think that that's really important as well. As you said, there's a consistency there then. You need consistency. Absolutely. Um, you know, especially from us as professionals, if we're not consistent, well, put it this way, if we don't have faith in what we're doing because we're chopping and changing all the time how can we expect to help people with their own consistency and their own focus if we've got none ourselves so it is very hard for us as professionals because you know how many people are trying to sell to us as personal trainers hey get this sell this to your clients you'll get rich well that's it because i mean when you when when we're talking about blocking out the noise i mean it spans anything like that so anything from 
Any distraction. Any distraction, it, you're right. That's I mean, a perfect way to put I it. I mean, you, you look at us, Court, with people that we've worked with. I know for me, I've been asked quite a few times. I've had clients, you know, following a certain, a certain structured program I've laid out for them only to get questioned down the track of, oh, should I do this instead? And I ask why. And I'm told, oh, because my friend who's doing this said do it this way instead. Or I read this article on the internet or I saw this video on YouTube or so-and-so on Facebook that has 10,000 followers said I should do it like this. That's noise. Absolutely. I think anything that distracts you and takes your focus off what you're doing is noise. Absolutely. And that could be completely like what you said, anything from following people on social media and thinking that you know what they're doing and it's different to what you're doing, yep. thinking that you should look a certain way, being told that you should use a certain product, between being told that you shouldn't use a certain product, mm-hmm. being told that you should do this exercise program, being told that you shouldn't do this exercise program. Or for this amount of time. So anything that is in that sort of realm, that is why we call it noise. Yeah, and for us, the term blocking the noise is one of our most favorite terms and something that we remind ourselves of both as professionals and just as people ourselves looking to get in shape, we're always reminding ourselves to block the noise because we've seen it firsthand when you don't, you can go really off the track. Absolutely. And I think that's the biggest thing as well, Matt, that we we have to remind ourselves of this as well. Daily, daily. Because it's really easy. It's so easy. We know how easy it is to be sucked in by these sort of things. We're all human. How easy it is to be sucked in by social media. I've had it before as well. If I'm having a particularly bad day and I'm on Instagram looking at my social media and I see someone who's eating all this food and looks half the size of me and think, oh, what's she doing that I'm not doing? Why can't Mm. I look like that? Mm. And then the cycle starts in our minds and it's so easy then to just be sucked in to all of that. Yeah, absolutely. uh, I'm with you on that one, Courtney. So I think we've done a pretty good job here of, you know, defining what is noise, how does that work? So let's move on to something a bit more practical in terms of what tips Mm. can we give, you know, give our our friends here yeah absolutely noise themselves and i think the tips is where all of this sort of really comes together because as i said before i know that i still struggle with this sometimes i know matt does we we talk to each other a lot about this reminding ourselves to block the noise so and it can come from anywhere it can come from members of your family it can come from social media it can come from tv from friends from friends co-workers from print media everyone's an expert and everyone's got the an opinion other, it these can come days. from the other personal trainer in the gym there's a lot yeah. of armchair experts out there absolutely a lot, of a lot and to be fair as i said before we are adding to the noise by doing this show the only thing that we hope you can get out of this listening to us is that we've been there yeah. We've been there ourselves. We know what it's like. Absolutely. And we're very, and I think we uh, approach this a little bit differently with adding to the noise here because we are always open to discussion. We're always open. We're not closed minded saying that the way we do things is the only way that works. There's multiple ways to, to get in shape, there's multiple methods, uh, multiple strategies. All that we say with our clients, Courtney, is that what we can guarantee is the way the way we do things works. There's no side effects. 
and ideally, it sticks for life. And we've done it ourselves. And yes, we that, that also helps. So, we've done it ourselves. So we know what everyone's <laughs> going through. So yeah. we're not so close-minded off to think that no. the only way is the way we do it. And I think that that is the sort of people you want to be talking to in terms of not adding to the noise in your life. Um, but I think the big one that I can say to start off with, big tip that I can give, especially in terms of social media, is have perspective when you're looking at things on online. You really need to keep in your mind that you don't know that person generally. You're not living with that person. You don't know exactly what if they're putting up on social media is accurate. You don't know if they're just putting that together for show, but they're eating something completely different or they're... They're not. They don't actually look like that. Ninety nine percent of the time. Can I add to that? Mm. I think it's very safe to operate with social media. That ninety nine percent of what you see is false. If you if you start and operate with that, you're probably going to be pretty close to the mark. That's. I think that's a really good way to put it. So I think the biggest tip that I can give when looking at at those sort of things, even written media or print media, is to just have a bit of perspective. And I know how hard it is to be sucked in, but you've really got to keep that in the front of your mind. I think also a tip that I can give is in terms of applying common sense as best as you can. If something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. So if you're being promised, hey, change your life in four weeks, get your bikini body in four weeks, yet you've spent years and years being unhealthy or going around in circles doing diet after diet after diet, common sense might actually say, you know what? This ain't going to happen. Yes. So if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. It usually is. is. Yeah. And I think that's a really important saying to keep uh, to keep there too. The other saying that I really love is if it was easy, everyone would do it. Yeah, and this is why, Courtney, with our clients, we give them the bad news up front where we tell them straight up, hey, this is going to take time. So... We have quite a few clients that, you know, we sign them up for six, nine, 12 months at a time. And in some cases, more than that, Mm. years at a time, because deep down, they know as much as we do that this actually is going to take time. So we're consistent with that. And I think that's something to keep in mind that you said yourself. Um, If it was easy, everyone would do it. And you combine that with a bit of common sense. This is hard. Well, it is hard and I think the biggest thing as well when thinking if it was easy, everyone would do it is literally just that. When when you're looking at the fact that there's so – how many of these 28-day challenges or 28-day detox or all these things that are out there, bikini body challenge, things like this, with so many of them out there, if it was that easy, we wouldn't be one of the fattest countries in the world. Well, to be fair, if it was that easy, we wouldn't have a job. True. So everyone would be able to do it themselves. And if, I mean, if it was that easy, I would have done it years ago. Yep. You would have done it years ago. Yep. So I think that it's it's a simple saying to keep in the in in your mind, but it's such an important one to keep in your mind when someone comes to you and says, "Oh, but what about this? Or but what about that? Or try this product, and and you'll be bikini body in twelve weeks." There is, there is no one product that does it. No. It really is a combination of you gradually changing your habits because that's what we talk about when we, when we talk about, you know, change. And, you know, it's not so much, oh, I'm eating healthy. It's turning the bad habits that have been working against you into good habits. And there's no one product. 
or one supplement or even one type of food that will do that. No. And unfortunately, when you're trying to change bad habits as well, there's a there's very hard to put a time frame on it. Like a lot of these things like to put time frames on it. It's very hard to put a time frame on that because you don't know how long it's going to take you to change those bad habits into good ones. Well, especially if you've got well-ingrained habits that you've had for years, if not decades, 12 things ain't going to do it. I've got a client at the moment who, Matt, you know this client, who has been with us for about three years, mm-hmm. I want to say. Mm-hmm. And she's just two weeks ago come to me and told me that she's recognized a habit that is holding her back that had been staring her in the face for that whole time, but she couldn't see it. Yep. And and that's a very common thing to happen. I mean, sometimes these bad habits, it might be something staring you right in the face, but you're just not in the position at that time to be able to see it. So it's a it's an ongoing thing. So you can't just put a, a set time limit on, on this sort of stuff. I think another tip I can give as well is, you know, if you're looking to undertake some sort of program or work with some sort of professional is to do some homework. Don't be afraid to be a stalker and look for consistency. I know for me, if I'm looking to work with a coach on whatever project I want to work on, I'm looking to see they're consistent with their message, with their results, with their ethics and their attitude. If I see a coach or a trainer, for example, that right now is promoting product X, but three months ago was promoting product Y and 12 months ago was promoting product Z, it's quite possible I'm thinking, well, they're not very confident. They probably haven't blocked out the noise themselves. They're looking for something that's going to work for themselves. So if they're not quite focused, how much faith can I put in them? Yeah, I think that's such a massive point. And am I going to invest my time, my effort and my money into someone or something that hasn't shown consistency. And that's why, Courtney, you and I are so big on the results aspect, showing off what our clients have done, not just ourselves, but showing off what our clients have done because they're the ones that are applying what we talk about and what we've done ourselves. And, you know, it does, I understand there's a sort of the thought process for the average person that you and I should be doing it because we do it for a living. And, you know, we have our own personal stories, etc. But if we can show what our clients have done and talk about it, and there's always these common threads mm. that run through with our clients. They've changed their habits over time. They've lifted weights. They've used some intense cardio to complement what they're doing. And obviously, you know, they're changing the habits with what they're eating and they're gradually eating more food. These are the common threads that run through you, Courtney, myself, and all our clients. So consistency, I think, is the biggest tip I can give you yourself when you're looking to work with someone or something is that's what you're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. And and you hit the nail on the head with the stalking part. I mean, how many clients might have come to us saying, oh, I've already stalked you. Or, oh, yeah, I already knew that because I read that. I read it in your article. Or I heard that. Or I heard that already. Or Yeah, we get quite a few. We get quite a, quite a bit of it now, Courtney, which is good. People coming to us where we don't know them, but they know us. Correct. And that's also part of why we make ourselves so available online is so people can see that, you know, we we do do our damnedest to be consistent in the messages that we put across and the you know, the methods that we put our own clients through. 
Yeah, and I think that that's really important when looking, as you said, for an exercise program or to work with a personal trainer or some sort of health professional, that that consistency is there and that you can look back. They've got articles or they've got social media posts or they've got history there that you can look back and you can follow and everything is transparent. And I think that's another big thing in this industry with all this noise. There's so much that people hold back and they're not transparent about. Oh, that's a that's a very very good point. Where there does seem to be a culture of hoarding the secrets, which I detest, and I know quote unquote the secrets. Yeah, the secrets. Where I'm not a massive fan of it. I know you're not a massive fan of it either, Courtney. Which is also part of what led us to do this podcast. Yeah, is because we aren't fans of hoarding all the tricks and the secrets. We're just gonna give them out there. Well, I just don't, and one of the things that really grinds my gears, I have to say, that I just don't understand the point. Rant alert, let's go. I just don't get why. And and I think half the time when these people say stupid things like, oh, but you've got to, you've, you know, I can't give all this away. Generally, what they're saying is, A, they don't know and they don't actually have a secret. They just want you to think they do. Or, or B, they're trying to sell you something. Pay me. They're trying to say, oh, I'll tell you. If you pay me. If you pay me. And that is just so annoying to me because it makes zero sense at the end of the day. It makes no sense to be like that. And you lose, in my mind, you lose all credibility when you do that because people look at you and either think that you're bullshit or (laughs) that you're just trying to scam them. I like it. So no one, you've just lost all credibility to me. I would never then go to that person for advice or for help or anything because that's it, it's just such a ridiculous way to think. And I don't know, Matt, it, it annoys you just as much, I know, but it really, really grinds me. Yeah, it does. I know if I'm looking to work with someone, I'm looking for consistency and transparency and honesty. And that's also why we do what we do because... You know, we we work to represent who we are and also put ourselves in the shoes of our own clients. So I think I think we've done well on this, can I just say? Um, your rant, Courtney, has been very, very good. <laughs> I think it could this sort of topic could go for years, um, because Ooh. there's so much noise out there. We could literally sit here and do an episode every week on the new noise of this week. But oh, it's yeah. so vast we just tried to keep it condensed. There, there's a fad there's a fad every month or so uh, in our industry, but you tend to find that all the different fads can be classed under very similar categories. So I think the the tips that we've given Courtney in terms of keeping perspective, using common sense, that if it sounds too good to be true, it usually is. Remembering that if it was easy, everyone would do it. Hence timeframes as well. Mm. And also just looking for consistency. I think there's, I think we've got some pretty good tips there that you know, I'm comfortable with that. I think so. And I, th- I hope this has helped you listening and I definitely we Matt and I would love feedback if you if you think that we've missed something here or if you just want clarification of something we've said or or some sort of product or some sort of professional that has told you something that doesn't quite agree with where your mind's at. Yeah, we'd like to hear from you. Uh, please feel free to email us at podcast at the weightlosspodcast.com. Wouldn't mind getting your feedback and your thoughts on how you've dealt with noise or how you are currently dealing with it or where it even has tripped you up in the past. 
because I know Courtney and I, we've had our own experiences. We've had quite a few experiences both ourselves and with our clients, but that's not to say we've seen and done everything. So we'd love you to email us as soon as you can. And Courtney, on the subject of emails, I think it's time for emails. Email of the week. Email of the week. There's the music. Thank you very much, Courtney. I will read this out. Who's it from? It is from Cassie. Hi, Cassie. Hello, guys. This is long-winded, so I hope you understand the question. All right, sit back. Here we go. Okay. I've just recently started lifting weights, and I love it. But the problem I'm having is with my cardio training. I'm struggling with it physically. I'm not able to push myself as hard as I did before I started lifting weights. Mentally, I want to push harder, but my body just isn't up for it. I know that the weights are taking a lot out of me, so I won't be able to go as hard as I did when I was just doing the cardio. But how do I deal with that mentally? I'm finding it to be a real struggle just to get my head around the fact that I'm struggling with my cardio fitness so much now. I am just hoping you guys have some tips. Thanks, Cassie. Good question, Cassie. Good question, because I think this affects a lot of people, especially for a lot of people who start cardio training to start building up the habit of training and then go into weight training. So generally, they, they start cardio training, they build up that habit, and then they start to feel like their body's really responding to it, and they're able to push themselves further and further and further. And then when you share that and adding in weight training, of course, that is always going to be impacted the way it was before. I'm glad to hear that you know that this is going to happen because it's you know really a good sign that you're heading in the right direction with mentally knowing that this is going to this is going to affect your cardio training. I think the main tip I can give you is that you're focusing on the wrong thing in terms of worrying still about this cardio training. At the end of the day, You've got to tell yourself that when you go and do your cardio training, you are pushing as hard as you possibly can. You are giving everything that you can give. And if you can walk out of your that training session saying, I gave everything that I could, then that is all that you can do. And that is what's going to get you the results you want. At the end of the day, mentally, you have to switch that thinking. You, ha- you have to be the one that switches that thinking from thinking that it matters if your your body can keep up with your mind with cardio training because when you're in the size clothing that you want to be in whether cardio training is hard or not it's not going to make a difference and can I just point out to you cardio training is always going to be hard if it was easy it's not working wow Courtney well done I'll um I'll chime in now with with my two cents worth on this one as well from a, a slightly different perspective so, Cassie, if you've been doing cardio for a while and then introduce weight training, you're adding a new stress to your body, which it's going to need time to adapt to and to condition itself to. So in terms of how you get your head around the fact that you're struggling with your cardio fitness now, I would say give your body the time it needs to make the adjustment because you're now expecting more out of it than what you were taking out of it before. So when, you, when someone adds extra training to their routine, especially if they're used to doing the cardio and then they're pushing themselves, I do emphasize the term pushing, 
if they're pushing themselves with their weight training, the demands on the food that they eat, the amount of sleep they get, Mm. the water, the hydration requirements go up considerably. So that's on top of just the fact that you're going to be sore and you're going to have a little bit of fatigue because your muscles are getting worked doing the weight training. Cassie, just give give your body some time to adjust. It's going to need it. Then what you're going to find over time is your conditioning improves, you get stronger, Mm. you get faster, you recover faster, everything starts to come together. But just give yourself some time. That's the biggest the biggest sort of tip I can give there. Yep, absolutely. So I hope that helps, Cassie. But yep. yeah, you've. Uh, I think Matt has hit the nail on the head there in that in terms of changing your mindset towards that, you really just have to be have to adapt a, a mindset of patience. Give yourself a break. Your body's working as hard as it can to keep up with what you're throwing at it, and you've just got to give it some time to adjust. Yeah. Well said, Courtney. So on that note, I think we're going to call this a show. Wrap. Uh, I'm going to put some useful reading information on the website with regards to what we've spoken about today. Courtney, what is our website address? It is www.theweightlosspodcast.com. Are you sure? You sound unsure on that one. I did pause for a second. Yeah, you did. It is is theweightlosspodcast.com. Are you sure about that? Yes, it is. Positive? Yep. Yeah, you're right, it is. So we're going to close up. Uh, We hope you got something out of this. You know what I wish we had at the end of these? Like at the movies where they've got one of those things that comes down. You know, it goes down. And on that note, we're going to end the show. So Courtney has gone bye-bye. So that that that's the sign no, that... You, the... you have that thing and you say, cut. And on that note, we're going to close the show. So thank you, Courtney, for coming. Clearly, you're a little bit, a little bit tired today. Need some more coffee. So hope you got something out of this. Yes, that's the important thing as definitely. well. Please, please um, message us or email us because we also want to... What? You're looking at me funny. Are you, because, you're still not getting over my cut thing. Anyway, we, we want to help you as much as possible. So please please keep these uh, these emails coming through with the questions. We love answering them. So much like Lord of the Rings, this episode of the show has five endings. So thank you, Courtney. <laughs> uh, on that note, we're going to sign off. Hope Bye. you have a good time. Bye. Get more free tips, listen to previous episodes, and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.